Luke chapter 5. If you're able to stand, please stand with us as we read the first 11 verses. Think about the words as we read them. And we're not going to you know, take every verse apart, but we do want to look at this important illustration. Verse 1 of Luke chapter 5. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood, Jesus stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. So Jesus by the lake there and he's, uh, people want to hear, so he, he gets into one of these empty boats In verse 3 it says, And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him, Jesus prayed him, entreated him, asked him, that he would thrust out a little from the land. And as he did, he sat down, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So it's very clear what's happening. Jesus is using this as a means of amplifying his voice, speaking from that boat. And verse 4 says, Now when he had left speaking, when he had stopped speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Which really is the proper way to say that, but it's certainly not the way it's spelled, right? But take my word for it. And it's used a number of ways, but, but generally it's not used for fishing, but it is, in this case, the word is used. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Now that's an important statement. Uh, Jesus said, just push out into the the deep water and let down your nets. You're going to catch a great catch of fish. But he said, "We've, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, if that's what you want us to do, I will let down the net. And when they had thus done, when they had obeyed him, When they had let down the net, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they would come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. Now imagine this. They filled both boats so much that the boats are about to go underwater. Nice, right? And Peter must be thinking, man, I don't know a thing about fishing. I fished all night and caught nothing, and look what happened now. Verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And he, and he had that feeling because he had doubted the Lord. He had, he had uh, you know, questioned the Lord, and he just felt miserable about it. Verse 9, for he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon, other apostles, of course. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when he had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. So Jesus here uses fishing as an illustration of evangelism. They'd been out fishing. They'd caught nothing. He gave them them instructions about where the fish were. They caught these fish. 
But he says, from now on, you're going to catch men. You're not going to catch fish. You're going to catch men. And so I want us to use that tonight as we continue this study about evangelism. And let's pray. Father, thank you for your word tonight. And Father, I just pray in the moments that we have that, Lord, you would help us to learn, help us to grow, help us to have open minds. I pray that the Spirit of God and the Word of God, Lord, would challenge us about the simple and yet extremely important responsibility we have in our homes, in our communities, in our workplace, Lord, to be fishers of men. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. You know, the command that Jesus gave uh, these disciples was to to let down your nets. Look in verse 4. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets. And that's really what I'm thinking about tonight, the importance of letting down our nets. And he said this, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Now this is not the only time Jesus used this illustration in the Gospels about reaching people. He called his disciples, and these people were fishermen, to go from catching men, or catching fish, to catching men. We'll come back here to Luke, but go to Matthew for a moment. We see the call, the call of these men earlier in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. It says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. So they they were casting their net into the sea. And so obviously, I mean, when I look at it uh, uh, on the surface, you have men that are fishermen. This is their trade. This is their occupation. This is what they do. This is their job. And Jesus said, you're not going to be catching fish anymore. You're going to be catching men. And so they could relate to that language. But I don't think catching men was only the responsibility of those who were in the business of catching fish. I think it's also our business. It's our business to be letting down our nets. We're in the business individually. We're in the business as a church of catching men. Now, when you say catching That doesn't mean we're trying to snare them. It doesn't mean we're trying to capture them. It doesn't mean we're trying to trick them. It doesn't mean we're trying to lure them. But it does mean we're trying to reach them with the gospel. We've been commissioned to reach people with the gospel. And so fishing for men is a term that we can identify with. And we can apply. Uh, How many of you... Within the last, well, let me just say, how many of you in this room, at some time in your life, you've gone fishing? Let me see your hands. All right, that's nearly everybody. Um, so we can relate to this. And, and to me, I just want to begin by looking at some logical applications that come to mind. Number one, uh, to catch fish, you have to go fishing, right? You're not going to catch fish. I mean, most people aren't. Some people, maybe you could pray them into your house. You know, pray them into your car. Uh, but, but to catch fish, you're going to have to go fishing. Uh, some, you, somebody may go to the lake. Somebody may go to the pond. Somebody may go to the river. But you don't catch fish by sitting on your couch, unless you've got a couch out on the pier at the lake. You don't catch fish 
you know, by sitting on your front porch. So you got to go fishing. And for us to think, if we were to personalize this, if we were to um, take ownership of this, if everyone in this room were to say, okay, I, I, I see that, that I'm supposed to, in my life, be trying to catch men, if we would say that, then we've got to be asking ourselves, you know, what do I have to do? And one thing is you have to go fishing if you're going to catch men. The second thing is catching fish requires that we fish where the fish are. Now, in this, in this passage here in Luke chapter 5, uh, Peter had fished all night and caught nothing. And yet the Lord, the Lord directed him to where he wanted him to fish. And sure enough, believe it or not, there were, there were fish there. There were fishes there. Now, you know, I was thinking about a, um, a man as I was preparing this lesson. I was thinking about a man that I played football on the same team um, in the school there in, in Dallas where we were raised. And he was a lineman. And um, I, I, he was a year older than me, so we weren't, we weren't that close friends. But I know, I know him. I see him in the huddle and see him, you know, in uh, school. But I lost touch with him for a long time, for 40 years. And, uh, but I, I found him on Facebook. He just showed up one day on Facebook. And he's a fishing guide and, and a lake that's I'm very familiar with. I've fished on that lake numerous times. And, uh, and it's amazing how many fish he catches. I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean, like day after day after day, he'll have these pictures with these people, all different people, and they'll have dozens of fish, large fish, that they caught on this lake. Now, maybe he just has the same fish and changes people in and out and takes picture, but I don't think that. The point is, he knows where the fish are, right? He's a, he's a professional guide. Jesus would have been a good fishing guide. He knew right exactly where those fish were. And the point is, really, we've got to go fishing, and we want the Lord to lead us as we go. We want God to lead us. The third thing about fishing, I'm going to move through this a little quicker. It takes time to fish. If you're going to go fishing, you have to take time to fish. And for fishermen, that's not a problem because we like to fish, right? I mean, for a true fisherman, I didn't ask you how many fish sometime in your life. I didn't ask you how many fish in the last 30 days. But for a true fisherman, finding time to fish is pretty easy to do. But we're going to have to find time to fish for men, for evangelism. I, and I, and I'm, I'm thinking of setting aside a time every week to do it. I still think that's a good thing to do. But even as we're going along, I've, I've been in this place before where, you know, you're kind of in a hurry and you're going from one place to another and you see what could be a potential opportunity to talk to somebody about the Lord. But our schedule, we just don't, it's like we don't have time to do it. If you're going to go fishing and catch fish, you have to take time. Here's the fourth thing about fishing. The more time we spend fishing, the more fish we're going to catch. Does that make sense? No wonder sometimes, and we could all put ourselves in this category, no wonder sometimes we don't catch men like we should if we're not spending time trying to reach people, trying to talk to people, trying to engage people. Number five, the more we go fishing, the more we learn about fishing. You know, and by the way, if, when you go out talking to people, if you're going out door to door, if you're going to visit prospects or people who have visited the church, 
you know, you can learn from people that are more experienced. If I was going out with this guy I just mentioned, I promise you, I would catch a lot more fish than I would on my own. You know why? Because he's an expert. He's been doing it for years. He's a professional. But also we learn about people by dealing with people. The more we talk to people, the more comfortable we are dealing with people. And then the more we know the Bible, the better equipped we're going to be. I'm just saying, the more we go fishing, the more we learn about fishing. I'm, I'm, I'm persuaded of this tonight. And I, and I could be wrong about this. But I'm, but I'm completely persuaded that what I'm about to say is true. That every person in this room who has been exposed to the truth of the gospel for any length of time at all, knows in their heart of hearts that they should be engaging people in gospel conversations. I think think if I passed it out, every one of these people I'm looking at, I think everyone who's old enough to understand what I'm saying would say, yes, I know that's my responsibility. And yet many of us would probably say, I'm really not doing it. But the only word that can change that is us. And that's what these lessons are about, to encourage us, inspire us. So the more we go fishing, the more we learn about fishing. Number six, fishing requires patience. It requires patience. If you've ever fished with a child, you know that that's true. Because a child who's not catching fish becomes disinterested very soon. Right? And I get frustrated because, you know, it's your job to put the worm on. And they're not even paying attention to what they're doing, right? So, so it requires patience. You know, it's like a lot of things. You know, if every visit you made, if every, if every contact you made resulted in someone making a spiritual decision or making a, coming to church, if everyone had a result then probably we'd be more committed and faithful to doing it. But you don't, you don't catch, no matter what you say, people think, you don't catch a fish every time you cast into the water, right? You have to be patient. Number seven, the committed fisherman will have to endure difficulties, right? He may have to get up very early in the morning. He may have to stay up late at night depending on what kind of fishing you're doing. He may have to deal with heat or cold or annoying insects or other people in the boat talking too much. You have to endure difficulties. And if you're going to fish for men, any of us who are going to fish for men, we're going to have some difficulties. There are going to be times when people don't necessarily welcome it. They may, they may, you know, you may have to deal with a dog or two. That's why you take a partner with you. Um... It's, it's spiritual. Listen, witnessing to people's spiritual warfare, that in itself is probably one of the primary reasons we don't do it like we should. It's a spiritual battle. So the point is, we can see the parallels between fishing for men and, and, fit, and just fishing for fishing. Number eight, there will be days when you catch nothing. There will be days when you go fish, you catch nothing. Peter had one of those days. Now, I want to bring our attention tonight to something that I want to apply it to the ministry here. And that is, has to do with various ways or methods of fishing. There's more than one way to catch a fish. Just like my dad used to say, 
When I was growing up, he'd say, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Have y'all ever heard that? Isn't that an interesting phrase? I like to think about that phrase. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Mark Twain, actually, Sam Clements used that statement in the 1800s. That's how long it's been around. But there's more than one way to catch a fish. Now, I'm not a fisherman. By the, by, when I am saying now, I, I don't go fishing once every five years. Once ever, I, I know I don't. But in my youth, in my early adult life, I've spent hundreds of hours fishing. And I, I love to fish. I just don't do it now. But there's more than one way to catch a fish. The way that we, we think of is with a rod and reel, which, by the way, is a biblical way. Hold your finger here in Luke chapter 5 and go to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. And verse 27, this is that familiar conversation where they asked Jesus about tribute money, or asked Peter actually about paying taxes, and, and, and Jesus, there's Jesus' solution. Verse 27, Notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea and cast a hook, and take up the fish that first cometh up, And when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money that take and give unto them for me and thee. I don't know where they fish, but I've never caught a fish with my tax bill in it. But anyway, so that's that's still a form of fishing, you know, rod and reel. And then there's trot line fishing. I was, was, um, first time I ever ran into this, I was preaching in, we, we set trot lines as a kid and Adults, so I'm familiar with that. And if you don't know what that is, you just put a string across the river or the creek or whatever and put a whole bunch of hooks on. And the philosophy is the more, and it's biblical really, the more hooks you have in the line, water, the more you're apt to catch somebody. And so we'll talk about that more in a moment. But um, I, was, I was preaching a missions conference or a revival in, in uh, Walters, Oklahoma. And someone that y'all would know, some of you would know, John Carlisle was there. This was when John Carlisle, before he got in the ministry or anything, and him and his buddies wanted me to go out noodling. And that's where you get out in the creek and you wade around and you stick your arm up in these dark places and hope that you catch a fish or and a snake doesn't get you and a turtle doesn't get you. That's called noodling. Y'all familiar with that kind of fishing? I've never done that. I still have both arms. I'm not planning on doing that. But the most biblical, and that brings us back to our text, the most biblical form of fishing is fishing with a net. And I said in the beginning, Jesus said, let down your nets. This was the most common on the Sea of Galilee. We've been on, my wife and I have been on the Sea of Galilee twice, both times. Both times they demonstrated what it was like to fish on the Sea of Galilee, casting out a net from the boat and bringing the net in. And it's very, very common. Um, matter of fact, look at a couple other passages, and then we're going we're to come back to Luke. Look in a Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, we see this a moment ago. It says, as he walked on the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother. We read this from Matthew's Gospel. Casting a net into the sea, for they were, fish, were fishers. That's, that's a... F- Common form of fishing. You're Mark. Turn to left just a little bit to Matthew. Go to Matthew chapter 13. Here's, 
Jesus' teaching in Matthew 13 about the kingdom of heaven. And notice what he said in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into the vessels, but cast the bad away. Now, this is a, this is a parable concerning the kingdom of heaven and the end of times and those that are saved and those that are lost. But it's a picture of what casting a net does. You, like, you don't know what you're going to catch, right? I mean, if you're going, people go catching for cat, uh, fishing for catfish, they'll fish a certain way. People are going to fish for crappie, they'll fish a certain place in a certain way. But when you're casting a net, you're liable to get anything. You're liable to get catfish, you're liable to get perch, you may get a snake, you may get a turtle. Because you're casting a net, you don't know what you're going to catch. Now what did Jesus say? And I'm back to Luke chapter 5. Jesus said, let down your nets. Now let's, let's not think about fishing. Let's not think about bass or catfish. Uh, let's think about fishing for men, catching men. And Jesus commanded them to, to, to let down their nets. And then he said, you're no longer going to be fishing for fish. You're going to be fishing for men. To catch fish, you have to let down the nets. You know, sometimes, this is extremely rare, but sometimes people or fish may come to us, but generally we have to go to them. We're going to have to go to them. And, you know, having nets and keeping the nets in the boat will not generate much of a catch. We're not going to catch any fish. And we have to let down our nets. And uh, I said earlier, one of the reasons the trot line has all these different hooks is because it's more opportunity to catch fish. Now, you may not even be thinking about this tonight. But I think every Christian ought to be, ought to consider, you know, what could I do to catch more fish, more men? And I certainly think churches ought to think about that. That's not, we're not here, I mean, we're here tonight to be taught and instructed and encouraged and, and fellowship, but we're not just here to fellowship. We're not just here, we're not just here to learn. We aren't here to do those things, but we're here to catch people, to catch men. We're here to reach people with the gospel. And if I were to die today and go to heaven, I think, I think when I get to heaven, it's going to be a wonderful thing. And I think when I get to heaven, we'll see how the Lord has blessed us in certain ways. But one of the things that I'm going to be faced with when I go is, what have I done to reach people with the gospel? And I don't say that because I'm a pastor. I say that because I'm a Christian. You can't dismiss this responsibility. We, we ought to be letting our nets down. Uh, and so what are some nets that we can use as a church or individually? And I already mentioned one that's very common. And really, I would say this is a net. Door-to-door evangelism or literature distribution. When we do that, we're casting our nets into the sea. We're giving out the gospel. We're trying to reach out for people. And if you think about, you know, um, I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, you know, I ask people, anybody have a testimony of maybe someone you've talked to this week or somebody you invited to church and, or some, some positive 
um, outcome, and Brother Jim Balvo and Miss Jim Balvo were sitting here, and they had a couple with them that they had reached out to in the community, and they were here. Now, being here is a good thing, but being here is not the end result. The, the end result is to help people understand the gospel and how they can have a relationship with God. But, but door-to-door evangelism or giving out tracts is, is one way we do that. We're sharing the good news. Let me ask, I'm going to take a little survey. In the years that you've been in this community, uh, how many of you have given out a track at a place of business or someone that you knew, you gave them a track from our church, and their response was, you know, someone from your church has already given me one of those. How many of you have ever had that happen? Several. I've had it happen several times to me. Just giving out a track, wouldn't, maybe at a, at a counter uh, where they're checking you out at the store, or maybe at a restaurant, and someone said, well, you know, someone already gave me one of those. You know what that's doing? That's casting out the net. It's kind of, it's reaching out to people. Let your nets down. You can't catch fish if you don't let down the nets. It's just simple. And, and, and many things that we do as a church in a sense, are doing that. The camps that we host, whether it's children's camp or teen camp, yes, it's to help kids. Yes, it's to, to minister to our kids. Yes, there's a place for having fun and making memories. But it's also a place to let down our nets so that we might reach people with the gospel. You know, the, you think about the three nursing homes that we're, our church goes into every week. We're ministering to aged people. We're ministering to afflicted people. We're ministering to lonely people. We're ministering to their families. And in a sense, we're letting down the nets. Because people are, even people that work there hear the gospel. People that come through the, the cafeteria, wherever it is, people hear the gospel. These are not just incidental things. That's why we're here. We're to be letting down the nets. When the, the jail services that our men go into every week, several of them, they're, what are they doing? They're letting down the nets. The nets aren't supposed to stay in the boat. The nets are supposed to be out casting the net out where the people are. We ought to all be doing that or finding ways to do that or thinking about ways. In some of these ways, you say, well, I could never do that. I could never go into the jail or prison to minister, and I understand that. But maybe you could go to a nursing home. Maybe you could go to your neighborhood. Maybe you could reach out to someone else. The bus outreach, that's another one. And the special events like this family crusade, that is a built-in opportunity to let down the nets, to reach out to people. You know, many families would be benefited by that. Many children would be benefited by that. But they're not going to be benefited by that unless they come, and they're not going to come unless they're invited. Our, the, our Friday night hope addictions program is letting down the nets. I mean, this is what we're doing. Which is, this is what we've been commissioned to do. The buses going door to door in neighborhoods. That's, that's what we've been commanded to do. Now, if, if you're sitting here thinking, I can't do all those things. Well, what? pick out one of them. Which one could you do? Which one of those things could you do? Because we have a net that we need to let out. 
And it's interesting in this passage a lot about this, and I'll, I'll conclude with this thought. That one thing about nets, there's an advantage to working with nets. You don't have to have bait. When I was a kid, we would sain with nets to get bait. Get crawdads or little minnows. And we'd catch all kinds of things in there. It's actually illegal to do some of that. But the thing about nets is sometimes the nets need to be repaired. And we see that here in Luke chapter 5 in our text in verse 6. It says, And when they had done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets break. In Mark chapter 1, when Jesus confronted two of these men who would become apostles, two of them were casting their nets into the sea. Two of them were mending their nets, repairing their nets. And to me, that has a direct application of what we're talking about. You know what happens if the net's not repaired? You lose fish. If it's got a hole in it, you lose fish. If it's broken, you lose fish. You won't be as productive. And I think this applies to what we're talking about tonight. You know, if we're trying to reach people as a ministry, then we ought to always be asking ourselves, is there, you know, is there something we need to do better in what we're doing? Um, I, I emphasize... Not all the time, but from time to time. You know, the importance of welcoming people, showing an interest in people. You know, like I said, this Sunday morning, I happened to talk to a person leaving out Sunday morning, and a um, very friendly woman, middle-aged woman from the community. And as far as I know, she didn't know anybody that's here. That's That's kind of awkward to come into a church. You don't know anybody that's there. And one of the questions that I was wondering is, I wonder how friendly she found people to be. You know, I mean, I'm not going to ask you if you talked to her, if you reached out to her, if you welcomed her. But the point is, you know, sometimes we have to mend the nets. Sometimes we have to look at what we're doing. Are we doing the best we can at what we're doing? Do Do we follow up on people the way we should? You know, one of the, you know, um, I'm just being very practical but I think following up on prospects is an important part of what we do. If somebody, like this particular person, you know, who's going who's to follow up on that person? And I'm sure people think, well, the pastor certainly should. And you're right, we do. But what about other people? What, maybe someone their age, someone who they could identify with better. I'm just saying, you know, we've got to look at what we're doing. We're not just here to occupy space. We're here to catch fish. We're here to catch fish. You know, it's one of the a frustrating thing for a fisherman who's fished for a long time, you know, is to have a stringer with no fish on it. Right? We don't, people, I don't know anybody that goes fishing normally. I don't know anybody that goes fishing and they don't care about fishing or catching fish. Now, I have to tell you, there's been an exception to that in my life a time or two. I remember, I remember sitting down on the Merrimack River at times in my life that I thought, I don't even want to bait the hook because I'm enjoying being here so much. I'm just going to relax and enjoy the outdoors. You know what I'm saying? But normally, people who fish are interested in putting fish on the stringer. Right? And I would challenge you tonight just to think about your life, your family. Is there some way that we could 
be more effective in letting down the nets? Is there some, maybe some area we need to mend the nets? Maybe some program or service of the church could be improved. Maybe getting information on on guests or people that we meet that we could follow up on. Maybe just the way we are in the church service. You know, um, I was... uh, I'll just give you a little testimony tonight. I was talking to Mrs. Reddig, you know, John Reddig and Emily, his wife, missionaries to the Czech Republic, were with us Sunday. And they were sitting um, in a particular place. And she, she said this at lunch Sunday. You know, she had met someone around her and she, she felt like they were like seekers. You know what I'm saying? Like they really were interested in wanting to know. And she, was, she just made a comment about how important it is when people who are sitting there either respond to the sermon. She said, I kept thinking, people who say amen confirm to this person that we believe what's being said. Just a response can make a difference in somebody's life. You know, we're not here just to occupy space. We're here to reach people. We're here to minister to people. We're here to help people. We're here to make it easier for people to be welcoming to people. And the way we respond or the way we fail to respond could impact a person's life. So I think we ought to always be mending the nets. Whether it's working in children's church or in the nursery or welcoming people out in the foyer or whatever it is we're doing. The music. We ought to be asking ourselves, is it the best it can be? Because we're here for a purpose. And that purpose... Is not to entertain one another. That purpose is to reach people, to minister to people. And so I, I conclude with this question tonight. Are you fishing? You don't have to have a license to fish. Are you fishing? How much, how much fishing have you done in the last week, in the last couple of weeks? You know, teaching about preaching... Or teaching about fishing, excuse, teaching about fishing or singing about fishing is not the same as fishing. Reading about, you know, you can read books about fishing, but it's not, it's not fishing. You fish when you get out there with a line and a bait and you start trying to catch a fish. So what about you? Are you actively seeking to reach people with the gospel? And if, you would on, if you'd be honest enough, sincere enough to say in your heart, you know, I'm really not where I need to be on this. That's a big step. That's an important step. Be willing to admit that. And the second step is say, I'm going to start, I'm going to get some help. I'm going to start, I'm going to start doing this. I'm either going to, I'll go out with somebody. There, there are all kinds of visits you can make. There are places in ministry that you could be involved. And I'm not minimizing anything we do in the ministry. I'm serious about this. The volunteers who clean this building, the people who change diapers in the nursery, the people who sing in the choir, all those things are important. But that doesn't always translate into fishing. We need to all be fishing, trying to catch fish. Amen? Let down your nets. Let down your nets. And let's see what we can catch.
Amen?